Hello, my friends. Welcome back, or welcome if you're new, to Black Magic, which is my podcast where I pull a tarot card and I talk about it. I'm Sarah Black, and I'm an extremely powerful witch. Please tell all of your friends. I would love to have (laughs) new subscribers. And can you even believe that I'm back already with another episode, the third episode? It's wild. This is like unprecedented productivity for me in terms of the newsletter. I mean, I started writing the newsletter in 2021, and I think I've published 10, maybe 11 mm, editions, I guess. So not even one a month. (laughs) And three podcast episodes in less than a month, like I'm killing it. Well done me. (laughs) For everyone who tuned into the first two episodes and has shared feedback with me, I've super appreciated it. Um, A lot of you were very positive about the upgrade in audio quality. I'm also very pleased about it. Uh, I'm actually, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing how bad the first episode, like the audio quality is, but you know what? It's gotten me here. I've learned my lessons. I'm continuing to learn how to produce a quality sounding podcast. Um, And so that first episode sounds terrible, but it got me here. So we're learning, we're building, we're iterating. (laughs) That's business, baby. (laughs) I know some of you are also super keen to hear some intro music, like a little jingle. Uh, I will get there. I just haven't quite figured that part out. I don't know. I've been kind of thinking of like diving into GarageBand a bit more and maybe trying to make my own music or I will pay someone (laughs) to do it for me. Uh, Yeah, well, stay tuned. We'll see how that goes. So for this week's card, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about it. It's a really interesting one, I think. And once again, I think that it's really relevant to what a lot of you might be feeling right now. I know that I've been feeling it. In fact, I, my whole process for like when I pull cards for these podcasts or for the newsletter is like, I'll pull a card And whatever card I pull, I commit to. I don't ever really like, you know, cheat and pick another card if the first card that I've pulled isn't one that I feel like talking about. Because I think I've learned something with this whole black magic experiment and creativity that I've been doing is that like the cards, the deck is sending me a message when I pull a card and I really should listen to what that message is instead of picking and choosing whatever I feel like talking about that week or avoiding talking about 
um, like topics that I'm not really emotionally prepared to dive into. It's not really how it works. I've kind of learned that the deck, oh, this is going to sound so like woo woo hippie, but I'm like in conversation with the cards. And so, I mean, I can choose to ignore what they have to say to me if I want, but it's really at my own detriment. So I've kind of learned along the way to listen to them when they're sending me a message. So when I pulled the hanged man after I finished up my like last week's episode and I was ready to move on to a new card, I actually out loud laughed because it was just so on the nose for what was on my mind last week. Um, I had some like stuff come up that I think in a previous life, in a previous era, I probably would have been a lot more reactive to. Um, And that's what The Hanged Man is all about. It's not rushing to conclusions is a big part of it. So before I get into that, let's talk a little bit about the imagery in each of the cards in the Waitsmith card and the Wild Unknown card. So starting with the Waitsmith card, we see a man suspended by one foot upside down from some sort of like living T-shaped tree. And this man has one leg at an angle, bent at the knee at an angle behind the other leg, which is uh, suspended with the rope. And then he has both arms also at an angle bent behind him. And this seems like a miserable position to be in. So it's really curious that the expression on the man's face, uh, I'm going with like non-gendered man, the hanged day. (laughs) So the expression on their face is very serene. And there's this yellow glowing halo around their head. And to me, this suggests that he's either in this position by choice or he at least has come to accept it for what it is, this situation that he finds himself in. And this, I think, grants him wisdom and enlightenment that he might not otherwise have access to. I think that's what the halo represents, enlightenment. And then, in comparison, when we look at the Hanged Man card, I love this card. It's a bat suspended from darkness, and it has these red glowing eyes, and its wings wrapped around itself. Um, It's a very striking card. Um, I also really like bats, so (laughs) that's a factor. I think the choice to use a bat to represent the Hanged Man in the Wild Unknown deck is really significant because this position isn't unnatural to them. It's in fact very natural. Bats evolved to be in this suspended state for prolonged periods of time. Bats sleep upside down. 
bats even remain upside down after they've died. And they're able to do this without expending any energy because bats have tendons that actually click into place when they hang. So rather than it being this like perpetual struggle to remain suspended, they actually have gravity on their side and it helps them stay in this position rather than being something that they have to work against. They actually have to flex their muscles and expend energy in order to let go and take flight. So it's the letting go that is an effort and that takes energy and work rather than just hanging in this suspended state. I think it's also really interesting and significant that bats evolved to be this way because they would hang suspended in the darkness of the trees and wait for prey to come along. And rather than expending a bunch of energy chasing after, you know, their meals, they would just wait for it to come to them. And then once they spotted something particularly tasty, they would just let go and scurry down the tree and grab whatever prey was waiting unsuspected. So they were really able to use this suspended position to their advantage. Um, They worked with it. So with all of that in mind, when the hanged man comes up in a reading, to me, that is a reminder that we need to let go of assumptions that we make about people or situations in our lives. And instead of jumping to conclusions and dealing with things from a really reactive place and maybe further compounding like misunderstandings and miscommunication, we can instead approach matters with curiosity and with stillness. I think we burn through a lot of energy and get ourselves worked up over perceived slights or miscommunications or misunderstandings. And we end up generating a lot of anxiety and anger. I know that's something I personally struggle with. Um, We generate this over things when we jump to those conclusions and we would be better served maintaining neutrality as much as possible and waiting for more information that will help us have better informed opinions and views before we, you know, address something or, you know, head into a conflict or confrontation or just a conversation. From my own experience, there's usually more information to learn if we give ourselves the time to wait for it to reveal itself. And in the waiting, we build so much character and resilience when we learn to sit with that discomfort of not knowing before we take action. And like through that patience that we've built, we can assess a new perspective on the matter or at least one that better serves the person that we want to be or that we're trying to be instead of just rushing headlong into a you know, situation with all of these misinformed assumptions. Something that I talked about last week in the last episode was my Aries placements and my Sagittarius sun. Um, I also have Sagittarius, Mercury, and Venus. So there's a lot of 
fire in my birth chart and that Aries energy, man, is I'm incredibly impatient and I often feel like I don't need to wait to learn more information or to hear the other person out. Like I know what's right. I know what's going on and I've formed my own opinion about it and you're going to hear about it. (laughs) And that has not always served me well in the past. It's actually Kel Surprise created worse conflict and worse misunderstandings that I could have avoided. I could have avoided so much heartache and saved myself a lot of energy and time if I had just been patient in the first place and waited for more information or at least waited until I could have a conversation with the other person before just like making these assumptions approaching that person and and the situation at hand with that curiosity and stillness that I mentioned rather than just like I'm gonna destroy this person because I am an Aries and this is war I think another thing to think about with the hanged man is beyond conflict or misunderstandings with people I think too it's really applicable to wanting change in your life and wanting new opportunities. I think we can also get really frustrated when we are in this hanged man position ourselves, when we feel like we're stuck. We feel like we're maybe in between an old life and not quite into a new life yet. We're waiting for things to work out for us or to at least see like what's next. I know that I can get very in my natural born impatience. I get very like, okay, I've conquered this thing. I've got the promotion or I've done the thing that I wanted to do. And so now what, like what's, what's on the horizon? Let's go. I can sometimes be really frustrated with myself that things aren't happening fast enough and that frustration and that anxiety, it it burns through a lot of my energy. So something that I'm learning or yeah, like I'm in the process of learning. I'm definitely not perfect or great at it even is just learning to let things come to me rather than rushing to grasp at any opportunity that comes along, just trusting that the right thing will come to me at the right time. And in the meantime, like learning to sit with that discomfort of the in-between of being in that liminal space that our ego can sometimes try to force its way through to control or rush the process. You know, instead of burning through all of that energy and being anxious about the future, we could spend that so much better attracting and recognizing the right opportunities for us when they come along. We have to think of ourselves as little bats waiting in the trees for that next 
job opportunity or that next idea or that next friend to come along, we can just be chill. We can just hang out in the meantime and not get so worked up about things. It's so much easier said than it is done, but that's that's what I'm learning and that's what I've been working on as best I can. <laughs> I think a good example to illustrate this from my life that I'll share um, is, if you don't know, at one point I was planning to move to Nunavut, to Iqaluit in particular, with a friend. Uh, I had been living in Kelowna for like, uh, I don't know, 15 years, something crazy. And I had just felt like I was in a rut I wanted to get out. I wanted to do something different, be in a new place. And this, what I thought was a great opportunity came up for me to move up north and experience this whole new life. Eventually, I had to admit to myself that this move was not right. And if I wasn't going to move to Iqaluit, then what was I going to do? Because I could not stay in Kelowna. Uh for one thing, I had given away a lot of my stuff and was living at home with my family in a very tiny closet converted into a bedroom. It just was not a long-term sustainable plan. So I thought about where else in Canada I might want to go. Montreal was at the top of the list I mean, everybody wants to run away to Montreal, I think, when they're having a life crisis. So it felt like a natural um, conclusion to come to. And I got a lot of signals from the universe that that was the right plan for me. Uh, I reached out to a friend who lived in the city and told him I was thinking about coming to Montreal. And the timing worked out perfectly because he was going to Berlin for a month and would need someone to sublet his place. So I was able to pack two suitcases and move into his place and look for my own place, which I found pretty quickly. And everything just kind of aligned. And I remember thinking at the time, like, this feels right because it's just easy. I'm not struggling against all of these factors that are making it so difficult to make any progress. Like with Iqaluit, it was like all of these things that were hindering me from being able to move there. And, you know, I do think that I probably would have been able to make it work, but I wouldn't have been as happy as I am here. Um, I kind of feel like any choice that you make can be the right one because you, if you commit to it and if you put the effort into it. But to me, it felt like a sign that the Montreal move just came together so easily. And it really kind of felt like that, you know, the way bats must feel when they let go and they swoop down and snatch up their their prey. It felt like, I was working with the forces of the universe instead of against them. And now that I've been in Montreal for nearly four years, I've been asked a lot, like, what my plan is from here. Like, if I'm going to 
stay in Montreal long term, if I'm going to move back to BC, if I'm going to move somewhere else. And I do think about those things um, often, as I talked about in the last episode, but I'm also not in a rush to make a decision. I'm being very hanged man about it. I'm just kind of, you know, chilling. (laughs) In the meantime, I'm enjoying Montreal. I like my life here. You know, it's definitely different from my life in BC. It's a little bit more, uh, I have a lot more solitude. (laughs) We'll say that, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I certainly wasn't writing as much in BC as I am now. I have a lot more time to commit to that and that's what I wanted. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, and I know that I'm going to eventually get some kind of opportunity that will signal to me like, okay, this is the next move. I don't know what that's going to look like or where it will lead me, but I'm trusting the process and things will unveil themselves to me when the time calls for it. Something else that I think about that I've learned from my time here in Montreal and beyond that in the course of the pandemic, I think it's a lesson that hopefully a lot of us have learned is we gain so much wisdom when we're forced into stillness, when we kind of lose the distractions of living a very busy life filled with social activity and work and creative projects and social media and Netflix and whatever else we use to kind of distract ourselves from our own thoughts. When we're forced or when we choose to be in that suspended position of stillness, the insights and revelations that we realize when life gets quiet and slow can be really valuable when we're evaluating what comes next for us or where we want to go from here. I think this relates to the seven of cups that I was talking about last week and those having being presented with so many opportunities in life without being in that hanged man position, at least for a little while, you don't really get the chance to weigh those options. And so you might grasp at, you know, too many cups at once and overcommit yourself or grasp at the wrong cups, the wrong opportunities and have to, you know, go back to the start and reevaluate, reassess and try again, where that expends so much energy and you could have saved yourself from that if you had just kept your cool, waited for more information to unveil itself, ask questions, be curious, and just wait for the right opportunity to let go and swoop, fly, or whatever metaphor. I'm really pushing this bat metaphor. Um <laughs> My point is, you don't have to rush things. Like, change is going to come for you regardless. So you might as well just save yourself some wasted energy, some wasted time, and wait and see what you attract. 
And one more thing about the hanged man, the wild unknown hanged man and the significance of the bat is that bats, their little back legs are too weak to be able to take off from the ground. They can only take flight from this suspended hanging position. So if you're finding yourself in a hanged man position in your life right now and you're feeling very frustrated by the lack of movement or the lack of, uh, you know, progress in your life, think about that. You know, soon enough you'll be taking flight, soaring through the sky onto the next tree. So just be patient. Okay, that's enough. Uh, brutally beating this bat metaphor into the ground. If you're still here, thank you so much for listening. And I maybe we'll talk to you again next week. See if I can keep this up. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye.